What's up, guys? This is Jeremy Platt, and you're listening to Between the Tackles. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. catch I've ever seen. He has one defender to beat. He's going to cut it back to the inside. Yes, he will. That is a touchdown. Down the sideline. He will go. Touchdown. One day you'll look back on your life and appreciate the struggle and have nothing but gratitude for everything that happened along the way. What's up, everyone? My name is Jeremy Platt, and I'm back with another episode of the Between the Tackles podcast one week before the draft. And I'm going to be talking all about the draft today. But first, I want to start off with the Orlando Brown trade that just happened less than an hour ago. So Baltimore trades Orlando Brown, the offensive tackle, who was their star right tackle, switched over to left tackle. It was his uh, father's dying wish for him to be an all-pro left tackle, along with a 2021 second-round pick, which is number 58, and a 2022 sixth-round pick in return for the Chiefs. 2021 first round pick, which is number 31 overall, their third round pick, which is number 94, their fourth round pick, which is 136, and a 2022 fifth round pick. My instant reaction is, I think Kansas City wins this trade. I believe Orlando Brown is one of the best tackles in the NFL. I know that the Ravens wanted him switched back to right tackle once Ronnie Stanley gets healthy, but Orlando Brown was insisting on staying at left tackle, and the Ravens wouldn't let him do that, so he goes to Kansas City which I'm sure he's thrilled about because he gets to do a lot more pass protection. And he gets to protect Patrick Mahomes, who's been in the Super Bowl the past two years. So he's going to be playing for Andy Reid. He's in Kansas City, which is an amazing city. And he's protecting Patrick Mahomes. And everyone was was hating on Kansas City for cutting Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz at the start of the year. But who knew that Brent Veach and Andy Reid was capable of putting together almost the super offensive line. They got Orlando Brown. They signed Kyle Long out of retirement, and they got Joe Tooney from the New England Patriots. They chose Orlando Brown, and they got him instead of Trent Williams, which I think is good for them. They got a young tackle who's 24 years old who's never missed an NFL start instead of Trent Williams, who's 33, and that he would have been signed until he's 38. I think Trent, Trent Williams is an amazing player, maybe the best left tackle in the NFL, but now they get a, a much younger, much cheaper guy. And while they'll probably have to sign Orlando Brown to an extension, this is still awesome for them. They get a younger tackle with high-end potential, potential similar to Trent Williams. You you can't be mad. And you get a second-round pick back. I know you lose the number 31 overall, but you're probably not getting that left tackle that you really wanted. Now you got that left tackle, Orlando Brown. And you still get your second-round pick, which is number 58 now, and a six-round pick next year. After seeing Patrick Mahomes getting beat up from Shaquille Barrett and JPP all Super Bowl long last year, they had to shore up that offensive line. And by getting Orlando Brown and all of those pieces, that's exactly what they did. Now, I'm not saying Baltimore got completely screwed over because they still got the number 31 overall pick. That's two first round picks this year. They got a third round pick and a fourth round pick this year. And then obviously the future fifth round pick, not that big of a deal. But now they're going to sign Alejandro Villanueva who's a very good right tackle from the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, getting him from their division rivals. They have two first-round picks now. They're also in a very good spot. I think they. I don't think they have to reach on a wide receiver. They can go right tackle to replace Orlando Brown, and they can get an edge rusher now they lost Matt Judon. 
they've got a lot of potential. They have a lot of picks. And I think you can get a really high-end wide receiver in on day two or day three. I'm going to give you two day two receivers that Baltimore should be targeting and one day three receiver. The day three receiver is Seth Williams from Auburn. He's a big guy, 50-50 ball. He's got a lot of attitude with what he plays. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Demarcus Robinson for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think he would be a big X factor in that offense. Another big receiver, Sage Surratt, the wide receiver from Wake Forest. He didn't play last year due to COVID, but I think he could be that missing piece on that offense. He'd line up right next to Sammy Watkins. He's an outside receiver. He's a great blocker, which I know Ravens fans love. He uses his hands when he catches, and he knows how to use his size to his his advantage. He's either going to be a third or fourth round pick, but he reminds me a lot of Cortland Sutton, and I think that's exactly what the Ravens offense needs. Another big receiver to target is Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver from USC. He's great at catching those contested grabs. He reminds me a lot of Dwayne Bowe, the old Chiefs receiver. He's got a large catch radius, and Lamar can just almost throw it up to him, and I think Surratt also gives that ability. In round one, I think the Ravens have to target a guy like Tevin Jenkins, the right tackle from Oklahoma State, as well as Aziz Ojulari or Jalen Phillips or Gregory Rousseau as an edge rusher with that later pick in round one. Now I want to talk about the 49ers quarterback situation. They moved up to number three overall, and I think there's really two options they can go. Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Trey Lance is my number two quarterback in this year's draft, and Justin Fields is my number three quarterback. I think Fields fits the offense better, but Trey Lance might have a bigger potential. Assuming that Trevor Lawrence goes number one and Zach Wilson goes number two, I think Justin Fields would be the perfect fit for the Kyle Shanahan offense, and I think he'd be able to take it to the very next level. The three things that stand out when watching Fields play are his accuracy, pocket poise, and athleticism. We know the two things that Shanahan really loves is accuracy and pocket poise. Justin Fields can take hits and still make these insane throws. He's extremely accurate, the most accurate quarterback in college football last year. And that athleticism is what will take the 49ers offense to the next level. He can actually run. He can be uh, another chess piece for Kyle Shanahan. He can do read option with Raheem Mostert. And he can also find ways to get Justin Fields on the move, throw the ball to Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk. However, I think Trey Lance could also take this offense to the next level. Trey Lance's arm strength, I have, I think Trey Lance has the strongest arm in the draft over Trevor Lawrence, over Zach Wilson, over Justin Fields. He reminds me a lot of Josh Allen, and I know that's been a common comparison in the media, but I, I just saw it the entire time, and I couldn't get that out of my head. Trey Lance's deep accuracy doesn't get talked about enough. He's throwing balls perfectly over the receiver's shoulders, and it's not his fault that the receivers dropped them. He's playing with lesser-known guys, guys who aren't five stars and four stars. But he's still getting the job done. He's undefeated in his college career. He's only thrown one interception. He's rushed for 1,500-plus yards. And I want to say it was Dan Orlovsky who might have said it. Mac Jones is the quarterback that you can win with. Justin Fields and Trey Lance are quarterbacks that you can win because of. I think Kyle Shanahan wants the next level guy. That's the reason why they traded three first rounders to get up to number three overall. He wants a guy who can bail him out if he makes the wrong call. You know, Kyle Shanahan's so used to having to bail Jimmy G out with the right call. He wants a guy who can take some stress off of his shoulders and and see the game how he sees it. I don't think Kyle Shanahan can go wrong with either way. I think Fields is a better fit, but I think Lance might have a higher potential. 
I'm just hoping that the 49ers don't screw up and draft Mac Jones. That would be a very bad pick, in my opinion. I have a day three grade on Mac Jones. I'm very low on Mac Jones. This is my thing. If you're not athletic, that's all right. At least you should be able to have a huge arm. Mac Jones doesn't have either. He not, doesn't have a cannon like Fields or Lance, and he can't run. He can't get himself out of trouble, and that's just going to get him sacked. I know the 49ers have a great offensive line, but even Jimmy G struggled behind that line. I think that's a lateral move, if not a backwards move, going from Jimmy G to Mac Jones. So hopefully come draft night, Thursday night, the 49ers make the right move and go either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Now I want to play this game called Mythbusters. I'm going to talk about the, the biggest myths in this year's draft and tell them why they are wrong. And I'm starting with that quarterback, Trey Lance. And the whole thing with him is he needs a year to rest. I disagree. He played in a pro-style offense at North Dakota State. And he only played one game in 2020. He has enough rest. He's been studying like a pro. Everyone's talking about him as a student of the game. That's why he's being considered as the number three overall pick. He's so great in the classroom with the coaches and learning from the coaches. I think he can learn on the field, and I think he could learn on the fly. I think you just got to let him ball. I don't think he needs the year under Jimmy G. I understand if Kyle Shanahan wants him to, but I don't think it's mandatory. I think he can play from day one, year one. Staying on the quarterback side, I want to talk about Mac Jones. Everyone's saying, oh, he's so pro-ready. He can start right away. I disagree. He's not going to have Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, and Najee Harris to whatever he, team he gets drafted by. They might still have really good players, but I think he would benefit. You know, he ran a lot of play actions, RPOs, screen passes at Alabama. He didn't throw those long breaking routes, deep concepts, and I think he would benefit from a year behind a veteran quarterback. The next myth I want to bust is Devonta Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama. People are saying that he's way too skinny. He's only 166 pounds. He's going to get pressed up. Well, he won the Heisman last year, playing in the SEC against the best teams in college football. He dominated in basically every game last year. People are calling him the Slim Reaper. You know who else they call the Slim Reaper? Kevin Durant. The game has changed. He's not going to be getting pressed 10 yards downfield. And if he was, he'd be able to get off the press. He showed that against LSU and the top SEC teams. Smitty dominated wherever he played against, and he's my wide receiver number one in this year's draft. The final myth I want to bust is that you can't get a top pass rusher in this year's draft. I think Jalen Phillips and Aziz Ojulari are two guys who can be dominant in the NFL. 10 plus sack a year guy. Jalen Phillips is a little riskier due to his health issues. He's had a lot of concussions. He had to medically retire from the, from football because of the concussions, but he's back. He was dominant at Miami last year, and I think he has high-end potential, similar to Jason Pierre-Paul, but the low could be Ezekiel Ansa. If you're willing to take the risk, I think Jalen Phillips could be your guy. Aziz Ojulari, not as risky as a prospect, maybe not as high of an upside, but he's so great at using his hands like Nick Bosa. That's not my comparison for him. I think he's more of like a Dante Fowler, but Dante Fowler is still a really good player. In his final game against Cincinnati, it was the bowl game, his final year. He had three sacks in the fourth quarter. His final play of his career was a safety. That's awesome. I think Ozizo Jolari is a top 20 player in this year's draft. He's a really good player. And I think people are underestimating him this year. I'm going to have another podcast right before the draft. But this final segment, I want to talk about some random players in this year's draft. Guys that you'll find on day two who are perfect fits for certain franchises. And the first guy I'm going to talk about is a guy who could go day one, late day one. Quiddy Pay the the defensive end from Michigan. 
And I think the Dallas Cowboys are a perfect fit for him. He reminds me a lot of Everson Griffin. He's extremely twitchy, extremely quick, has a good bend, legendary three-cone drill. The Cowboys need to get pressure on Daniel Jones, on Jalen Hurts, on Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think he'd be a perfect pass rusher in that Dan Quinn defense. Now I'm going to stick with mostly day two guys. And I'm going to start with Amari Rodgers, the wide receiver from Clemson. And even though his dad's the receivers coach at with the Baltimore Ravens, I think he's an even better fit with the Los Angeles Chargers. I think the Chargers would go after him on round three. And he can be the slot guy. There can be Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the outside and Amari Rodgers just tearing up, getting yards after the catch from the slot for Justin Herbert. And that's how you surround Justin Herbert with pieces. The other Clemson guy I have on this list is Travis Etienne. And I think he'd be a perfect fit with the New York Jets and Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur's offense. You know, that's that Kyle Shanahan West Coast outside zone running system. And Travis Etienne is so fast, similar to Raheem Mostert. And I think he would take this Jets offense next to Zach Wilson and take it to the next level. Speaking of the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, I think a guy they should target maybe round four is this guy, Demetric Felton. He's a wide receiver from UCLA. He played running back in college, and now he's switching to UCLA. And he was, in my opinion, the best receiver at the Senior Bowl. He was routing defensive backs up. He's so raw, but he showed his potential. He's a yards after the catch guy, similar to Mari Rogers, as I mentioned earlier. And I think Kyle Shanahan would make him into an all-pro player. In the top of the second round, I think the Atlanta Falcons should target Javante Williams, the running back from the University of North Carolina. Javante Williams is a punishing runner, downhill type of guy, a bruiser. Who's the coach for the Atlanta Falcons? Oh yeah, Arthur Smith, who was the offense coordinator for the Tennessee Titans last year, who had Derrick Henry pound the rock every other play. And I think that's exactly what Javante Williams is capable of doing with the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC South. I'm not saying Javante Williams is going to be Derrick Henry, but Arthur Smith would at least get his bruiser with Javante Williams. Arthur Smith is coming from the Titans, and the Titans just lost a lot of people, including Johnny Smith. There's one tight end in this year's draft who reminds me a lot of Johnny Smith, and that's Brevin Jordan, the tight end from the University of Miami. Johnny Smith played a huge role in the Titans offense last year, and I think Brevin Jordan would fit that role perfectly. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. Yards after catch guy, similar to Johnny Smith. And he's also an amazing blocker. He was used a lot in that H-back role. Brevin Jordan is my number two tight end in this year's draft behind Kyle Pitts, of course. And I think ending up in Tennessee would unlock his potential. The final player I want to target on day two is Nick Bolton, the linebacker from Missouri. He's the best run-stuffing linebacker in this year's draft. And I think the Green Bay Packers could really use him. They need to be able to stop the run against guys like Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, and David Montgomery. While it might not be the sexiest pick, I think it'd be a perfect spot for Nick Bolton to the Green Bay Packers on day two. Reminds me a little of Denzel Perryman if you're trying to find a pro comparison. That's it for me today. My name is Jerry Platt. This is the Between the Tackles podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at BTWN the Tackles and on Instagram at Between the Tackles. Right now on social media, I've just been posting draft film breakdowns on these players that I've been talking about. So go check it out. Find your favorite player in this year's draft and see what I had to say about him. That's it for me today. See you guys soon. Jeremy out. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you go to my website, www.betweenthetacklesfootball.com and follow me on Instagram at Between the Tackles and on Twitter at BTWN the Tackles. I hope you guys all have a great day and Jeremy out.